This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When I clock out of the hospital at 6 p.m., I'm not done for the night. That's when Gamer Nurse 40 clocks in, and she's got orcs to slay. Sure, I'm playing a 13-year-old in Scranton, but he's a level 53 mage with a filthy mouth. So I need to stay on top of my game. What'd you call me? That's when I crack open a Heineken Zero Zero. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I can focus on stealing his gold before his mom tells him it's bedtime. Take that, kids. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Welcome back, everyone, to that Mill podcast. Today, you've got myself, Omer, and I'm joined just by Neil. How you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, you're really going, mate. You all right? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. We're just doing this off the cuff a little bit, aren't we, tonight? Um, we would put this up Tuesday morning, but we're talking Monday night after finding out, well, myself anyway, that I'm not going to the game Saturday. Um, I'm a little bit fuming about it, to be honest with you, Neil. Have you read up about it online? You've kept in touch. If anyone doesn't know, obviously... The clubs put out this morning about two categories with 3,000 season ticket holders, 1,500 category A, 1,500 category B. Problem being, people that live in tier three areas such as Kent can't go to the game this weekend, but again, allocated tickets for the game on Saturday. What's your thoughts on it, Neil, firstly? And obviously, what do you make of it? <laughs> yeah, well, I feel sorry for you for missing out. I've got to be <laughs> honest, mate, because I think... I think everybody's been chomping at the bits since, what, February, haven't we? March, February, to get the games. 
and then all of a sudden you've got that little carrot dangled in front of you, haven't you? And then right. yeah, but then you yeah, but then you've got to put up with everybody on social media saying, I've got mine, I've got mine, <laughs> I've got yours and yeah, well I can imagine yeah, well I can imagine you are absolutely doing your tits. I don't feel I don't feel like I'm hard done by as such. I understand. So Steve Kavanagh done an interview and he went out on the club socials this morning. It was about seven, eight minutes long. He detailed what was going on. Then the club followed up with a statement on the website. It was quite comprehensive. I read through it and I could see the angle they're coming from with a lot of it. You know, it's, they're going to make it 1500 each, obviously, but they've decided to do it over two games. So if you've in category A, for example, you can go Saturday against Derby, but then you can also go next week against QPR, which I, I don't know personally if I agree with that one, but we'll talk about that in a second. And then obviously with that, if you're category B, you can then go to the Nottingham Forest and Watford game towards the end of the month. I guess it's a, uh, you know, we weren't going to actually going to do a show tonight, but I think after me writing in our little group chat, I decided that, well, Neil called on doing a show just so we could put it out for you guys today so we could talk about it. But I don't really agree with it, Neil. I mean, I, I think if you're doing two categories, I can see that, but I don't know why they haven't done... Category A goes Saturday. Category B goes mid next midweek. Yeah, no, I yeah, well, I agree with you. I feel, it doesn't quite make sense, really, does it? That you watch two games, then you've got to miss the next two games. Surely it should have been you're in one game, you're out one game. You're in one game, you're out one game. Mm-hmm. But but well, let's face it. Yeah, well, this is Millwall, so whatever they were going to do was going to be R-founded and cock-eyed, wasn't it? I don't envy the club. Like It's a thankless position. I put a tweet out earlier and I think the Twitter grades out, everyone's on there debating about the subject. And like I've put it quite short. I mean, like, let me quickly read what I wrote. I was like, as I'm saying pretty much now, to be honest, I haven't received an email, by the way. So I'm assuming, so that's also another piss-poor decision, I think, from the club, where Category A people know they're going Saturday. I don't know if I'm in Category A or B. I'm assuming I'm in Category B because I've not received an email, which I think when we talk about communication, Neil, we've said it in a few editions before, like it's poor on the communication side, isn't it? Yeah, what they should have done was they should have actually have told you at the end of last week, you're in Category A, you're in Category B. So then that uncertainty's taken out of it. You're Precisely. not, because obviously you're quite eager to go to a game. You've been missing it. So, but then at least you would know, okay, I'm going to miss out on this first game, but then I should be in for the second game. Not I've got to wait for another fortnight because I'm not sure when to next home. Yeah, well, I guess it's probably not a home game for about a fortnight after the QPR game, is there? I think Nottingham Forest falls on the 18th or the 19th of December. So that would be, if I'm Category B, the game I'll go to. And I'll make it clear, like, if people listen to this, I don't feel... I'm not trying to be, like, a spoiled kid here in this scenario. I just think it, what the club's done is I don't agree with it. Like, they've done the Category A, Category B, but they've allocated people that live in Kent, knowing that before the 16th of December they can't go to the game. I'm picking on Kent, for example, but there's other tier three areas where Millwall fans live. And I've seen online already, you know, I pick up someone in particular who I really tweets about Stephen Jones. He's saying, I can't go to the game with my dad's, but I live in Kent. Like, you know, it, it, for him, it's a teasing factor because he's also missing outgoing, really wants to go Saturday. And the fact that he's allocated a ticket, you're kind of tempting fans to break the rules a little bit on Saturday, don't you think? Absolutely, absolutely. What they should be doing is they should be saying, right, and you can't go because you're in that wrong category. So you can give your ticket back for those two games and then you can go into category B. So you can so you've actually got so you've actually got that couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean 
yeah, they'll actually come out of yeah for your area to come out of that category, but also but to give somebody else a chance to go that maybe lives in a tier two or tier one area or whatever they are. These that's all. Days. That's all I've been reading. Like with the club, like they're missing fans. They want to maximise numbers for for the first game back, the first few games back, but. With this, like, it shouldn't even be a decision on the supporter to, you know, either consider breaking the rules or then have them to then reply saying, I can't go reallocate my ticket. I feel like a much easier position would have been in this scenario, knowing that half the people, or not half, I don't know how many people live in uh, Kent, but we always have the joke about Kent Wall, don't we, where people live out in Kent, out in the sticks. Mickey's not here tonight, but he, he knows exactly who he is in that scenario as well. Dartford <laughs> <laughs> Wall, won't he? Yeah, miss you, Mickey. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think it's 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 obviously an issue, but I feel like personally, the club are, are doing the easy option where I feel also the two games saying you can go Saturday and Tuesday, it allows them to then cater to the 1500 first, knowing that it's a lot of work to get through to then say, help the other 1500. So what they're doing is, work their arses off this week what focus on then getting people in for Saturday and as a result means they can go Tuesday Wednesday whenever the game falls next week but I feel like they're taking the easy option where they could have instead maybe gone Saturday Cat A Wednesday Cat B because we don't know in 16th December when they, the government sits down again whether the trials that they're doing now will be successful what if they turn around and say right no more fans we don't really like what's happened there's been a breakout at too many football stadiums and people have got ill you know it could be a scenario where they will have to kind of backtrack on it. So I've seen a few other clubs. Um, they've done the scenario where I'm thinking of where if you, they've been pushing us to our social bubble, they're saying social bubble, you know, you can choose your, who you're sitting with, but then it might be easy, just a little drop down menu or box on there. Can you go this weekend? Are you in tier three? If you are, you miss out on this one, but you'll be in the second category. It just been an easier option to then have where I've also seen another Facebook group just now. Someone saying, been allocated five tickets me and my four kids but we live in Kent and I can't go Saturday like I just think it's silly mate well yeah well I don't understand is yeah well the British mentality and the Millwall mentality is that they'll go anyway yeah but how but do they actually physically not give you a ticket if you live in a tier if you live in the wrong tier no they are they relying it upon you to turn around and say no I can't go because people ain't going to do that, are they? Let's face it. Well, so yeah, let's well, is... yeah, well, be totally honest about this. And they're not going to yeah. ask uh, your average Joe on Saturday, what, where do you live? What tier do you live in? You know, the shoe is on the gates and not when they give a toss about that because they're going to be more important taking your temperatures and doing more important things. But, exactly. but they're just sending tickets out to you. So, Neil, if you lived in tier three, regardless of your address and where you live, you will be in category A for Saturday. I'll be in category B. I live in a tier two area. You live in tier three, but you've got a ticket to the game Saturday. It's getting sent out to you in the post. They're doing this season card thing or like a membership card that they've mentioned. It's coming to you regardless. It doesn't matter if you're, you're in tier one. Yeah. Is it a side? Exactly. I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I've, I've been respectful of the COVID rules, but I've really missed going to the games. If I lived in tier three, but I lived on my own and I felt fine and I was well, I would probably get in the car Saturday and drive to the den. I'm not going to, you know, I might, people might be hearing me say that. People might be hearing me say that going, oh, you're out of order. But reality is people will be breaking the rules Saturday if they live in a tier three area and want to go to the game Saturday and got a ticket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I live on my own. Yeah. Yeah, but the only time I go out for shopping Mm -hmm. and things like that, I don't see anybody really. So, yeah, well, I work from home. So... 
Mullen mentality would probably be, well, I live in a tier three area, sod it. Yeah, well, I'm quite safe on my own, so I'm going to go to the game. It, 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 it's just all self-defeating, really. I wouldn't begrudge people that went either, to be honest with you. If, like, like obviously, respect the rules, but if you're in a scenario where you really, you know, if Mill's your life and as much as people have missed it, you know, people might be in that scenario where they want to go Saturday, and they might just do it, and even if they're not meant to, you know, they might go shopping in Surrey Keys after the game, you know, and then there you go, they've done their weekly shop in Tesco's, just happened to stop past it then on the way there, you know what I mean? I, I, I just, I, I'm not sure about it. I've also found something online in one of the uh, Facebook groups. I don't know how accurate this is, but I'll send it to you as well, Neil. Um, it's basically, well, I'll read it out loud, actually. It's the COVID-19 match day protocols and guidance. So someone has been accepted into the tier, into the category A for Saturday. They've also been sent a guidance where it's, during these exceptional circumstances, the health, safety and security of fans, staff, players and all other stakeholders is Mill Football Club's top priority. To help ensure a safe and enjoyable environment for you and your fellow supporters and in order to assist stewards and other staff, the club politely requests that all fans learn from the following regulations and adhere to the, the necessary protocols. Entry to the stadium will be via Sampergate Gate and off Surrey Canal Road. The Stockholm Road entrance will be open, will not be open for supporters. So that's the middle one out of, out of three, you could say. So that's yeah. shut. Entrances will be open two and a half hours before kickoff and close 45 minutes before kickoff. Please arrive in good time as early as possible in order to go through your entry procedures and ensure your prompt access into the ground. At all times and in all parts of the ground, please observe social distancing and avoid close contact with anyone not in your social or support bubble. Please wear a face covering unless exempt for medical reasons when entering the stadium and moving around. You do not need to wear a face covering when in your seat, which I found interesting. Your COVID doesn't actually travel from the concourse to your seat, does it? <laughs> to help reduce queues, only A5 size bags, standard stuff there, like no large bags allowed in to allow quicker searches. You may be searched with a security wand and or have your temperature checked before entering the stadium. Please be aware that all payments inside the ground are contactless. If you need access to any amenities such as toilets or food and drink outlets, please check to see if any are in use and plan accordingly as you maintain social distancing. Please maintain good hygiene. I'll skip past that one. Sanitize your hands. Make sure you sneeze and cough appropriately and not into any <laughs> puffs. Correct. Um, I think there's one more that there's a few other ones in here that are the standard stuff. But the last line is: fans who reside in a tier three area should not attend matches under any circumstances. Well, it's a given. But like we said, now if you've got a ticket for the game Saturday and you live in tier three, like you know They're what I mean? Temptation there, aren't they? They're yeah. <laughs> aren't. Exactly. Yeah, it's almost like driving Wayne Rooney past a brass house, isn't it, on the way to the game? It's got, <laughs> yeah, but it's got grannies in the window or something like that. Exactly. I, I mean, look, like, like, I'll reiterate what I'm saying. I, I don't envy the club in this scenario. It's a lot of work. But I just feel like they've took the easy option out of this and they've kind of just gone, we've got 3,000. Here's a Excel spreadsheet, just say. We've exported it from the t- ticketing website. 3,000 fans. We're going to split it in half. Category A, category B, regardless of where you live, who gives a shit, this is how it's done now. And it is the fairest way. I agree with that to a certain extent. But I just feel it could have been done a lot easier and works out much better. I mean, I sent a rant to our chat earlier, like I mentioned, and like they've not given us refunds yet for last season, Cholton away, Barnsley away. That is that is an absolute scandal. Some people might have got... Some people might have got a refund. I haven't. I applied for, I didn't ask my season ticket money back or anything, but I asked for Charlton away 
and Barnsley away purely because I think they go into the pockets of the club that's hosting. At least that's what I've always thought. So I thought I'll take that money back. No problem with me. That's 70, 80 quid there. And there's three or four of my mates going as well. So that's times up by four. A significant amount of money, you could say, especially when it's coming to Christmas. It'd be nice to have that extra money now. But I've not had that back. Furlough supposedly has been something that's hit the ticket in the department and obviously other departments in the football club. I don't know how accurate it is now to this point. We'll be speculating. But I just feel like, you know, they could have handled this in a much easier way and also just allocated it in the fairest way and got good publicity for it as well. Yeah, yeah, as far as the ticketing goes, I think other clubs have dealt with it Mm -hmm. and have dealt with it adequately. They've dealt with it a long time ago. You don't have to furlough the whole of the ticketing department. Yeah, but let's face it, you could have one member of staff going through all this. I don't know how many tickets we sold for Charlton. Yeah, what would it have been? 1,000, 2,000, something like that. Mm -hmm. And to process them, because, yeah, well, I guess that they kept the money, that they wouldn't actually have passed the money on to Charlton and Barnsley before the game was being played. Barnsley, I don't think we'd have taken anything like a 1,000 up there, would we? Yeah, well, let's face it, there was probably a few hundred. And as for the season tickets, well, they just should have given you an option a long time ago. And that's to either, you could either have your money back, you could either make a don, you could either donate the money to the, to the community trust, or you could have a credit on your next season ticket, anything. But, but they just have been silent and people just aren't getting answers it's bang out of order there's no other industry in this country well there probably is that could actually treat customers as shabbily as they do in football Newcastle fans who from listening to the price of football they've been jumping up and down up and down up and down until they got some kind of answer but but because it's Millwall and because the MSC is in the pocket of the club, and I am going to say that, they are in the pocket of the club. They don't want to offend the club. They don't want to stand up for their fans. They are fucking useless. Absolutely useless, pointless, waste of time organisation. And if you are listening to this, yeah, come on here and tell us exactly what you do to stand up to the fans stand up for the fans you've got an open forum here will give you a fair opportunity to say but yet but they've not put their head above the parapet somebody needs to actually go to the club and say you're breaking the law here you've got to engage with people this isn't going to go away as you say it's near christmas and that I don't know how much. Yeah, well, yeah, what do they owe you? 70, 80 quid, something like that, probably even a little bit more. And there probably are some people who are owed that 70, 80 quid, and they're probably owed a couple of hundred pound on top of for a season ticket. And that's a lot of money at the minute. There are people being furloughed. There are people using food banks and all kinds of things. And that money, two, three hundred pounds, that's not. Yeah, well, that could pay for half a Christmas, really, couldn't it? That could take a little bit of pressure off for Christmas. But, but hey, oh, Millwall decide to fuck it up and not make it easy for anybody. I mean, so when I emailed a month ago now to, to the ticket in, it was 318,000 worth of 
refunds and that involved ticketing for home games as well as the away games and a community trust fundraising dinner as well as the season ticket holders that wanted to apply for refunds on a pro rata basis so i understand it's a lot to get through i know they said they moved over ticketing systems as well so they lost access to people's banking details and obviously you can't send it over the phone you can't send it over contact details or anything like that but you know it's just I just feel there's easier way to do it. They could maybe set up a penny transaction so they've got your bank details on the ticketing system. I don't know. And then refund you £70.1p. Excuse. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. It's just an excuse after an excuse. We moved over ticketing systems. Yeah, but these morons, they move over ticketing systems every six months, don't they? (laughs) They honestly do. No wonder... You know, when the people call us small, our mentality, the mentality of the people that run this club fucking defies belief at times. They really are. They really are. They haven't got a clue, have they? They have not got a clue. And they like, just treat us with so much contempt. It is unbelievable. And, and I'm, I'm normally quite supportive of them. Exactly. At this time. There's, there's just no defence upon it, just no defence. And like to be another disclaimer because I'm sure people will be sitting here probably like their blood's boiling at what we're saying. But like, I I'm not asking for the club to have workers in when they're not meant to be in. I'm not asking. I'm safety of the people that work at the clubs paramount. That's the most important thing. But it's it's been eight months now. It is crazy, Neil, isn't it? It's been a long time, but I feel like we'll wrap this one up because it's a broken record with that one. But I wanted to move it on to another contentious point, which uh, we both had access to on Saturday, which was an email from, I think, one of the executives who work in the hospitality side at Millwall. And we just got a snippet, so I'll read it for what it says. It's afternoon, mate. So it's now £8,763 with VAT for six people. That's 1460 each. There's 16 games left. That works out to £91.20 a game. And out of the 16 game, out of the 16 games, six are midweek games, which are which most of six won't be which most of the six people won't be able to attend. So that was irrelevant to the second part. But so that's eight and a half thousand pounds to see 16 games of football at fourteen hundred pound each in a box at Millwall for the rest of the season. What's your thoughts on that one, mate? <laughs> you get a brass laid on or anything like that. And soon, honestly, Jesus, I tell you what, yeah, you, can, yeah, you talk about robbery, £91 a game to watch a team in the championship. Yeah, I know it. you get a nice warm box and you get a nice padded seat, but well, then they want to charge you hundred and something pound on top for a case of 24 brownies mm-hmm. that you can get for about 23 pound on amazon it is absolutely unbelievable but then again yeah but they know they're going to sell these don't they because they because there are people and companies that are big millwall fans they want to go to games they can afford it and um, yeah well let's face it they haven't had much income over the last eight nine months of like so it doesn't surprise me, but it, blimey, I tell you what, yeah, but those are eye-watering figures they are, aren't they? It's a lot of money. It is a lot. And I mean, there is people desperate enough that, you know, that's access to all 16 games, providing that there's no lockdown or anything as such. So in a sense, you know, that's also added value in that argument, I suppose. And if you get a box regardless most seasons, then there will be people that do it. But yeah, it, it is a lot of money. And <laughs> something that, you know... I'm sure, like you said, people and companies will be able to afford it. But 
I just I find it extortionate. And like I, I, the club ain't able to sell beer, or uh, can they? Or I don't know what the, the loophole is because obviously I think because we're a tier two club in the concourses, they can't. But if you're in a lounge or if you're at a table having dinner, you can get beer, I guess, can't you? Yeah, because yeah, because you're paying for a substantial meal, aren't you? Mm. Yeah, but don't forget. Yeah, but they did say, didn't yeah, yeah, but didn't the clubs say that there'll be no beer on the concourses, but you can pay for an upgrade to go into the executive lounge, mm-hmm. where you can have a substantial meal, and you can get pissed basically before <laughs> a game. It's just yeah, but the whole thing just spanks of we haven't had any income for the last eight, nine months, so we're going to cane it for all it's worth. Why don't they just be honest? Be honest and just say what it is. Mm-hmm. We need to make some money, so we're going to fleece you. So that's exactly what they're doing. But what they haven't said is, what happens if London goes into tier three? Very true. That's it. And this is uh, that was kind of back to my point about this whole category A, category B. And I hate to drum on about it, but it is boiling my blood a little bit. And, I would be the same, I feel like, if I was going Saturday, believe it or not. And I do feel like it's significant. Like, if you say Category A can go the next two games, but the 16th, they revisit it and it's gone, you know. Or if the opposite, if they say, okay, we'll go to Tier 1 now and we'll relax the rules a little bit, then we all can have 4,000 punters in. And as Steve Cohen said today in the interview, that means all 3,000 fans will be able to attend. That means people in Category A have been able to see two games more than what I've been able to see in the hypothetical scenario. And... If you're talking about fairness and how that works out, that's that's not fair, is it? I suppose. No, I think yeah. Well, I think, but this all stems from a complete mismanagement from the government, doesn't mm-hmm. it? On yeah, well, on this whole situation, yeah. Well, how before could you go into what some ballet? <laughs> yeah, well, indoors, mm-hmm. sit all close to each other, but you couldn't go to football. Just oh, it's just <laughs> nothing about this coronavirus nonsense makes any sense they've just mismanaged it and made it up as they go along and this is just something else why couldn't why couldn't we have four thousand in there this weekend it wouldn't make much difference you you're only doubling on the yeah there's no away fans so you could actually use that so you could actually use the away end for yeah well upper and lower tier for Not sure fans. I'm not sure exactly what the plans are, but when I chose my social bubble, whenever I did it, I think last week, um, I chose where I wanted to sit as in as close to my season to get as possible, really. So I don't know if they plan to use the away end or not. I'm sure it's something they've considered. And obviously, was, I think in the interview today, Steve Cameron said they'll have the whole ground open at any cost anyway, because they want to have the whole kind of scattered atmosphere around the ground. So it won't be like a, a one end job or anything as such. So. Yeah, that's only 500 people in each tier, really, isn't it? Probably. I imagine maybe 300 in one, 600 in either side, and then maybe 300 the other side. I don't know what the right numbers add up are, but it'd be, you know... Yeah, we could easily get 4,000 into into the den, and you'd be rattling around inside there, wouldn't you? Upper, (laughs) lower tiers, use all four stands, but... But I guess the rules are the rules. It's just frustrating that you can't get in and see the game uh, because <laughs> because you're in the wrong category. And you're absolutely right. If they yeah, if they were to ease the rules in two games' time, well, whenever the government are going to make this decision, those in cat- category one or 
Cat A or whatever they're calling it, can watch four games, even though they might live in tier three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I feel like we've uh, round down this road probably about three or four times now in the first 20 or so minutes into the show. Do you want to add anything else on ticketing or regards to COVID or regards to the comeback of football at the Den before I move on to the next topic? Just fucking pay the money back for God's sake. <laughs> Nicely put. So I'm going to read out a scenario for you, or I'm going to give you a scenario, mate. At the start of the oh, season, if I, if I said to you, 14 games into the season, we'd have only lost two games this, so far. Would you have took it? Regardless of the alternatives around it, I'm spinning the scenario here for you. Uh, yeah, well, obviously you would have done, yeah? Um, yeah, but of course you're going to take it. Two defeats from 14, you're bloody ecstatic about that, aren't you? Because you are expecting you to be... Yeah, but that's yeah, but that's top two, top three, isn't it? That's yeah, but that's the kind of form you show when you're pushing for automatic promotion, and you are, and you are serious promotion contenders. So only but one now, side has lost one game this season. That's Bournemouth, and then the other four are Norwich, Watford, Swansea, and Millwall. And also, and you, look, sorry. you look at how much money they've all spent, or mm-hmm. how much, or in Bournemouth's case. That squad ought to walk this league because most of them cost twenty, thirty million pounds when they were in the Premier League. Correct. And if I think of the two defeats, the three 0 against Huddersfield, and I'm going to say it's a freak result because we was in the game, still didn't have right back in the side or managing the side, so to speak. It was at home, and the other one was Swansea, a two-one defeat where it could have gone the other way. We had a few chances in that game. I'm I'm on the fence of this scenario at the moment. I, I feel like after the games, especially after the last five where we've drawn five and then he scored two goals, I walk out, I, if I was at the Birmingham Saturday, I'd be exactly the same how I feel now in that, you know, we've not we can't score goals. We look shit going forward. We're we're appalling. We are go, going forward, we're we rely on Jed Wallace. That's the simple fact of it. Give it to Jed. Jed does something, we win a game. If we can sit because we keep clean sheets for days, we've got the best away record in the country, possibly in Europe. Superb. But we just can't score goals. Now then, now you're dragging us into reality because because you look at those 14 games, we might only have lost two, but how many of those have we drawn? Five or six? Even more, mate. Eight. Eight. (laughs) Now, if I said to you at the start of the season, 14 games... Yeah, well, some of those games... You'd be happy with a draw. Yeah, yeah. But let's face it. You are going to draw some games. Our away form is seven games, three wins, three draws, one defeat. Now, if you had that away form at the start of the season, or like you said that at this point, the away form is fifth in the table. We would be in the playoffs if it was solely based on the away form. The home form, bad. on the other hand, is 19th, played seven, won one, lost one, drawn five. There's where your problem lies. Only scoring six goals in seven games at home. Only scoring 12 goals in 14 games this season. Conceding 10, positive goal difference. You can't fault Gary Rowett. Defensively, we're we're impossible to break down. We're impossible to break down. I think he's been a bit unlucky. I've got to be honest. He caught COVID. We got lucky when we played up at Preston, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played them on the right day and we absolutely murdered them. But I think what happened at Preston is 
going across every league. Teams are finding it a lot easier to play away from home because they haven't got fans and the home fans aren't on the backs of the home teams. So you can almost go there without any fear. Yeah, but let's face it, for one or two of those games, that Huddersfield game, people would have been hanging off the sides, wouldn't they, in times of old and going absolutely bananas. And that was probably our worst performance, I think, that that Huddersfield game. We were awful, weren't we? We just just weren't in the game at all. See, you're talking about results and home performances and no fans and how it affects us or how it affects clubs in general. And I'm resisting. I'm trying my best not to bring it back to how they've done the shambolic thing of the ticketing system for this weekend. But, you know, like it, it, this is it. Like, especially Gary Rowett. Go on, mate. Yeah, no, you know, it's yeah. true. Yeah, especially Gary Rowett and Steve Kavanagh, all of them saying it. All the players have said it. We want fans back. I think, you know, like, if, if everyone adheres to the rules Saturday, you're not going to have 2,000 fans there. You're going to have maybe 13, 1,400 there. But I just feel like if you want to maximise the amount of punters you get through the door Saturday to then make revenue on potentially make, selling whatever you want to sell on the day there, if you want people to be there, people who want to be there and can be there would be there. But yet yeah. you're you're giving tickets to people. I, I, I'm getting back onto the tickets. So I need to change that. But <laughs> but like you know, like this is it. So like with that in mind, you know, I think it has hit us harder than a lot of teams. And I, I, I've been on a couple of shows where we've guest appeared on a, a few different championship shows, and I really do feel like it's hit us stronger than a lot of other sides. Like you know, Mill at home, even though we only lost one game this season at home, but the Den is you know we're meant to be like terrifying teams. And I mentioned it. You know, the first game back after lockdown last season, we played Derby, funny enough, which is who we were playing Saturday. Right. Derby, a teenager, Louis Sibley, scores a, a hat-trick. Would Louis Sibley score a hat-trick with 15,000 Millwall fans tearing shit out of him if he comes near the sideline, you know, frightening him? Potentially, but I would edge on the side of probably not. I don't think he would. I think, you know, I remember playing Derby five, six years ago and Adam Smith at right-back who's now at Bournemouth and Will Hughes and we were terrorising them. And in fact, I remember someone ran on the pitch and trying to get after Will Hughes five, six years ago. <laughs> Will Hughes, if you ever speak to him, I'm sure he'll remember that occasion. And then whenever he comes back to the den, it'll be in his head. Like, you know, the factor of the den, whether you like it or not, is more significant for us in this division compared to other teams. And I feel like it's a big factor. Yeah, but that Derby game, I think it would have been key because I think everybody was going to turn up and they were going to seriously give Wayne Rooney the treatment, weren't they? Let's fake it, yeah? Because, because our last game before it was all abandoned was supposed to be Derby. And I was so looking forward to that, just to get down there and to hang off the side <laughs> and just give one of England's best ever players a, a traditional Millwall welcome. And that's what he would have got. And that kid wouldn't have got anywhere near it because because there'd have been 14,000 in there. Everybody going absolutely nuts. And you know what it's like in there when you get a decent crowd in there and somebody to wind up like Rooney. There's not a ground like it in the country. They can go on about all this, that and the other. But, but well, let's face it, we've done enough shows with ex-players, haven't we? who have all said to a to a tee, you get a full house in that ground or somewhere near it 
and it's special. And that would have been a special game. But I'm going to defend Rowett slightly mm-hmm. because I think this season he thought he was going to have Troy Parrots for quite a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And he put a bit of faith in Parrot, I think, to come in and score some goals. But he hasn't been able to play, has he, because of this injury problem or that injury problem. I thought on Saturday he started to look quite sharp in in spells, but we have to create. We cannot we cannot rely on Jed Wallace, who isn't the same Jed Wallace as he was twelve months ago. I don't know why. Just one of those things. This time last year he was absolutely on fire. There wasn't a better player in the championship. But this year, this season, he's blowing hot and cold. And if he doesn't have a good game, as you say, we cannot create anything, can we? So, and the formation doesn't help. Millwall is a 4-4-2 club, not a three at the back, two wing backs, couple of people in midfield and, and a kid up front on his own. He, he needs somebody to play alongside him. But, but with that said... Matt Smith can't play a full game because because he's about as mobile as I am. Uh, Bavardson, well, God, got to be up there as one of Millwall's worst signings in recent times, and I'm including Taylor Fletcher and Hulse in that, who were absolutely fucking putrid signings, but they were at the end of their career. He's just got no excuse uh, as uh, and as. Icelandic international who played against England, really. How shit must they be? Because that guy just doesn't show anything, does he? Falls over, just just, just doesn't get involved. Just absolutely, absolutely hopeless. He's Bambi on ice, isn't he, a little bit? You know, you watch him and he's like, uh, I don't know. So, like, he, he actually, before he came to Millwall, Reading over the course of two seasons there, seven goals in 33, six in 20, which if you told me he'd get that return for us this season, I'd be happy with that. But the reality is he's played 41 league games for Bill and only scored four goals. And that, that that's appalling. I'm not saying, so when I say that, he's not a goal getter. That's the reality of it. When you look for his statistics, I think he's only scored two goals for Iceland in 62 games. Actually, no, it's five and 62. So I'll put a bit of respect on his name for that. But, no, it's actually two, sorry. I'm, I, was, I was 21 that was counting there while I'm looking at the stats on here. So there you go. Two in, what, 50-odd games for Iceland. Iceland, albeit, probably playing against sides, especially a few years ago before the Euros when they first came through, they wouldn't expect to score those goals in games against the likes of a bigger opposition. I understand that. But he's not a goal-getter. So I can't say, I can't blame him for not being a 20-goal-season striker. But, it's obvious that it's just not a fit for him here. It's not going to work out for us at the den with him. And, you know, I can't blame Neil Harris for signing him because Neil Harris also signs a few other players, Bill Kowski, for example, last season. That's, you know, been on, gone on to do what he's done for us. So I can't blame him too much for that. You mentioned Jed Wallace. I mean, he isn't the exact same Jed Wallace of, of this time last season where he's, he's scoring left, right and centre. But he's still our top goal scorer, mate. He's got five goals this season. The next after that in the league is one goal. One goal. That that there lies the We are really in There lies the, the problem. You know, you've got one goal arrest across the rest of the side. So you've got Jake Cooper's got one, Leonard's got one, Tom, Tom Bradshaw's got one, Mahoney's got one, and Matt Smith and Sahor have got one. But there lies the problem really. Jed's got five and fourteen. If you supple that with 
I don't know, a striker on seven or eight goals this season, the likelihood is we'll probably be a playoff side right now and everything looks hunky-dory. You're right, we've been unlucky. Parrot probably might have been that man. We don't know that because he's a young kid and we've saying the same thing in pre-season where, okay, he scored three and three, scored against South End, scored behind closed doors. Signs were looking good. But we didn't know for sure whether he was going to be that man. So Hall then comes in because Parrot's injured. So Hall then gets injured after scoring away at Preston. You've got to kind of say, Rowett's it's been unlucky. I do agree with you in that sense. So I, for one, don't blame Rowett at all for any of this, to be honest with you. If anything, I, I credit him for getting a side that's only lost two times this season, looks impossible to beat, gets clean sheets for days. You know, it's just unfortunate that he's compromising the, having a great defence by not by going forward. We We look clueless. We really do. Especially Saturday. I did feel it the most. Like, you've got Smith up there. You've got Parrot kind of playing off him, but it, it just doesn't look right. There's no kind of, you know, we've asked him what Houghton passed that day, but we've already said what we said about him there. You know, I, I don't see between now and January how it's going to click unless we get Jed Wallace running around and doing all he's doing all show. Yeah, and we start creating chances and Parrot can do what Maybe, that's true. Yeah, but I'm here for. Yeah, but, yeah, but I think you're right. But yeah, well, you never know with Millwall, do you? It just well, we're just an enigma. I think if 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 we hadn't have had such a good season last season after mm-hmm. Rowett came in, and we'd have only and we only just missed out on the playoffs at the end, I think it might have levelled our expectations slightly. But because of the end of last season and one or two things the manager said in the build up to this season, which he is which he is going to say, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to say, yeah, we want to go better than last season, and that is the playoffs. Uh, he's raised our expectations slightly, and it's just... Um, but we're not scoring goals. Otherwise, I think if we could score goals, we'd be right up there. Absolutely right up there. But January is an interesting time. Mm-hmm. What does he do? Does he try and offload the likes of Bavardson? And maybe Bradshaw brings get a bit of money, bring somebody in. It's yeah, but that's if you can find anybody. And who's going to want cast offs if Bavardson's not scoring for us? Who's going to sign him? Nobody in this country is going to sign him. I think you know the, the next nine games between now and uh, the first FA Cup game against Bourne Woods is set up to be exactly how you expect it to be. Where in the sense that these next nine games, the final season. Am I threatened of our sky potential going down? No, I don't. Because if we play the way we're playing now, we will finish mid-table. And to be honest with you, I would be happy with mid-table. I'm always happy that, especially for us to stay in the championship, compete. The only downside is when you watch it on the TV and you can't really invest into it, you can't go to the away days, you can't you know, have the home games where you can get on the likes of Wayne Rooney's back. It's just a stale watch. That's what it is, I think. If I was at the game Saturday and I was on the train at nine o'clock in the morning Saturday, going up from Houston, had a few beers, I would have probably clapped that performance a nil-nil draw away from home. I would have been happy with it. But the reality is I'm sitting there at home, you know, I've got the missus in my ear going, when's this over? And I'm sitting there watching it thinking, cool, this is shit. I, I could turn it off now to be honest with you if you want. Like, that's the reality of it. Like, it's an easy escape and it's an easy kind of blame game of going, this is poor. You know what I mean? Yeah, you were sat there and it looked misty. Mm-hmm. It was misty. Could you on, could you honestly mention 
more than two or three things that we did in that game. I couldn't tell you a single thing, mate. I actually really couldn't. I sat I watched the whole 90 minutes. I could not tell you a single thing that happens at this game. And that final whistle went and you thought, oh, well, that's 90 minutes of my life. I'm not going to get back again. And and you just, oh, Saturday, oh, yeah, now what's to do now? Oh, yeah, there's some boxing <laughs> on. Later on. Oh, fucking fantastic. Yeah. Pay £10 for the pleasure as well Saturday, might say. I've been in the away game on iFollow. So, yeah, I think we've we've concluded on the last few games. We'll, we'll talk about the next couple coming up, mate. Um, Blackburn on Wednesday and then Derby at home Saturday. I feel like they're two interesting games because Blackburn have been scoring goals for fun, but they've been in games where teams have had a good, good op- uh, chances against them from what I've seen of them. And Derby, obviously, are down, languishing at the bottom with Raymond Rooney and Caretaker charge at the moment. Could it be Millwall Classic, us being critical of them, and then maybe Wednesday it just clicks and suddenly we're off and running? If I was Rowett, what I would do would be, they go into the game on Wednesday, I would play this as motivation and say, right <laughs> then, J-Bod, you go and prove that prick wrong. Go out there, score at trick and then just chuck a V sign to them and we'll acknowledge them after the game. Yeah, This could be motivation for them. It really could be. We could be responsible for two brilliant performances here between me and you. Yeah, If he's got any sense, yeah, I've just done Gary Rowett's team talk for him. So as a reward, give Omar a ticket for Saturday. Yeah? <laughs> Give I'll still moan though I promise you I'd still moan if the club didn't do it the way I think they should but you know <laughs> I've done Rowett's job for it. <laughs> I mean I've, I've just, got I've got Mill in the Premier League on Football Manager 2021 already so I mean you know look at that so maybe I must be you know, the one that should be in charge so <laughs> but, but you're right yeah Blackburn scoring for fun mm-hmm we are very mean when we want to be at the back. Yeah, I doubt there's a better defensive team in that division or a better defence in that division. If Bart remembers that he can actually catch a ball and not let it in at the near post or <laughs> harm it out to Bradley Dack or somebody like that, uh, we'll do all right up there. It's It's a place where we... I don't know what our recent records like up there, but I've been up there once or twice and we've done all right. I saw as we obviously won in the cup there, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We're shit scoring. Our recent form at Ewood Park, sorry to step in, our recent form is uh, the last five was a 1-0, def- a 1-0 win the FA Cup game, like you mentioned. Uh, we lost 3-2 the game after that, lost 2-0. Drew nil nil and lost two nil. Our last five's not been great, apart from that shitty goal. But before that, that season, Chris Woods and James Henry scored thunderbolts that year that I remember that I was up there for. So, you know, on the face of it, I feel like it's got the vibe of the depressing game about it. You know, they're going to come out at us. They're going to look to score goals. They're leaky at the back. If Millwall turn up and Jake Cooper's fit after dislocating his shoulder Saturday, that's a key one for me. Obviously, shout out to him by the way, popping his shoulder back in place and getting on with it Saturday. But well, that's real wall, that is. That real is. It, 
we use the word real world, but the, tr- the truth is it, it is credit to him because a lot of players would probably come off from that and, you know, have their arm in their shirt kind of walking off. I could guarantee it's in the back of his mind that he's, he wants to keep this appearance run going and those consecutive minutes, consecutive seconds, whatever the number you want to band out about it is. So if he's fit and he plays Saturday, uh, Wednesday, we play probably three at the back. If we keep a clean sheet, I do think we'll score Saturday on Wednesday night. I really do. So... In the, with that in mind, if we're good defensively, I think we could probably nick a win on Wednesday. Why not? Saturday, on the other hand, I don't know. Fans will be back. So I think that'll be a telltale. We'll see. Fans will be back. Derby probably haven't won under Rooney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got all making the Wayne Rooney's first win. <laughs> but let's look upon it on the positive side, yeah? Blackburn, we're going to win 1-0. Yep. Yeah, because Face it, we ain't going to score more than once. Jed Wallace with a goal as well, by the way. Yeah, well, unless they score one of them for us. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be a tight old game. It's going to be freezing fucking cold. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be absolutely horrible up there, isn't it? But, but we're going to win. And then Rooney's going to come back. You're going to have 2,000 people all howling when, yeah, when the players take the knee. To start off with, yeah. So that's a talking point. I think that's probably one we'll wait for Mickey to come back on. But are we going to take the knee Saturday? Yeah, well, we want Mickey and uh, one or two others from our normal show, don't we? We're we're surely not going to take the knee Saturday, surely. Well, I think we will because I think they've got no idea about reality, have they? Maybe not. And that they know that that then yeah but they must know Millwall fans are against it most fans are against it but it's all got the makings of I really hope that we do turn Derby over because Rooney's not a manager is he let's face it it'll be yeah, it'll be worse than losing to bloody Huddersfield, won't it? They've, they've done absolutely nothing. They, then they're going to come down to Millwall and they're going to... Yeah, but they ain't going to turn us over. We ain't going to allow it. Blackburn scoring for fun. Derby, six goals. Actually worse than us this season for scoring goals. Half the amount. So if imagine how shit that must be to be a Derby fan this season for that one. So the omens are there for you, as you're right, saying that Mill might win Wednesday and probably lose Saturday. Let's be honest. I'll, I'll be on, I'll stick it right out there now. If I was a betting man, back Mill to win Wednesday night, 1-0, and back Derby to beat us 2-0 Saturday or something stupid, because that's Mill for you, isn't it? You know what? I'd fancy us to win at Derby. Yeah. I would actually, the way that it's going, I'd fancy us to win at Derby. Mm. Uh, but you know what it's like... It'll be good to see what what the atmosphere is like with only a couple of thousand in there, mm-hmm. because you can, because it can be Millwall fans can kick up a fair bit of noise, banging the backs of the stands and seats and whatever else, and they're not backwards in coming forwards. We don't need a drum, mm-hmm. as they say, as yell as we sing at games. I Millwall hate that fans. chant. I hate that chant so much. You know, I don't know why. I've always heard it, and it just doesn't flow right for me. I've never enjoyed that chant. I always look around, and my mates are singing it, and they know I hate it as well. So when they're singing it, they're singing it right in my face. I, I, I don't like that one. Millwall don't need a drum. I, I don't no, like. I, I like this. I, I'll, I'll agree with stick your drum up your arsehole. That, that I'm perfectly fine with that one. But the old mill don't need a drum. There you go. That's that's my last take <laughs> on the show for you today. You got anything else you want to add today, Neil? Before we fuck off to bed. 
Yeah, well, it's quarter to midnight, and yep. uh, I think we've got a big rant out of our system, haven't we? Yeah. You're better for your rant now? Yeah, well, I've done all the ranting. You've been the one that's been <laughs> I've been a bit impartial towards the end, but I am. I think I've made it clear how I feel about the ticket and stuff. I, 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 can't, I can't be asked to talk about ticket ever again, to be honest with you. If I ever have to speak to one that worked there, I, I don't know what I'd fucking say to them, to be honest, at this point. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like we've run our course anyway. Uh, Neil, thanks for jumping on with me last minute tonight, and I hopefully, like we say, we'll, we'll get a win on Wednesday night, won't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, but let's be positive for once. That's it. Yeah, Millwall fans, we're not positive often enough. Yeah, let's yeah, but let's send them loads of positive vibes and positive energy and all of that bollocks. Yeah, yeah. We're f- failing that. Play this as a fucking team talk, rally. <laughs> um, Mickey. By the way, if you listen to this point, we'll leave this in. I think we've done well without you tonight. Maybe we might consider that of a more full time basis, just being Neil leading the show. So, yeah, shout out to you, and uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, Neil. And we'll hopefully speak again soon. Definitely. Mate. Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits may require comprehensive coverage. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.